Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. We're also streaming at WCEV1450.com. If you have not already done so, folks, make sure that you are following us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And you'll use that same username to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn, just to name a few of those platforms. And uh, so make sure you subscribe, you rate, review, and you share, right? So if you got a good thing, make sure you share. All right, Radio Islam family, uh, we want to begin by wishing all of you who are observing this blessed month of Ramadan, Ramadan Mubarak, uh, a blessed Ramadan to all of you. And I am pleased to have joining me on the line. Uh, seems like we haven't talked in a while, uh, but we have with us once again, Radio Islam culture critic, contributor, uh, NBA Muslims, managing editor, author, blogger, uh, racial justice uh, advocate, works with Muslim Ark as a trainer, Layla Abdullah Poulos. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum now, uh, Ramadan Mubarak. And, Ramadan Mubarak. And did I leave any, what, what did I leave out this time? Because every time I introduce you, I always, I always leave something out. I can't even think of that anymore. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm an adjunct instructor. Uh, I'm yeah. an adjunct instructor. I teach U.S. history. Uh-huh. I am a contributor for About Islam and Hold Hijab. Yes. Uh, I'm a homeschooling mom. And now I'm a faster during Ramadan. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you know what? I, I think that's a, a great segue because there was a a post you put up on, I think it was Facebook. I don't know if it was Twitter or not, but I think it was Facebook. And what I took away from it, Ramadan interrupted. You talk about the challenges of that come along with this blessed month. Well, not, not, not just necessarily the challenges, but what gets in the way or how it's altered depending upon whether you whether you have children or not. Can you talk a yeah. bit about that? Well, there's a few things. That was actually Ramadan delay. Delay. Okay. Yeah. Now, there's Ramadan interrupted, but there's also Ramadan delay. That's specific for Muslim women, and that's who the post was for, for Muslim women who have, unfortunately, have to, with, with all the excitement about Ramadan building up, you know, Sometimes you have to wait because, you know, nature takes its course and you make all these plans to do stuff, but you're going to have to hold off. And that's a hard thing because uh, a lot of times you get into this mindset and and excitement to prepare for Ramadan. Not always. You know, that's been a challenge for me. But then it's just like, okay, hold off on the prayer and the fasting and the reading her on and all of that stuff. And so then that struggle then becomes to wait and then get back into gear to prepare for Ramadan. And that's Ramadan delayed. Mm. Ramadan interrupted is, uh, for me, has been just not being able to get into that mood. Uh, There are uh, millions of Muslims in the country and, and many of us uh, struggle with a bunch of different things. Uh, for myself, it's mood disorder. I have generalized anxiety disorder and depression, which I've been tackling with uh, lately because of so many things that have happened. And so you look at all the memes and you watch all the videos and read everything, and your disorder kind of gets in the way and it interrupts any kind of excitement that you may have. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's like, oh, I can't wait till Ramadan. Yeah, well, I can, you know, <laughs> because I'm, <laughs> I'm dealing with this. And also, if you do get excited and you uh, say have children, you know, shout out to all the parents out there, especially moms, because they have the lion's shares of the responsibility. You know, that interrupts it as well. You know, uh, there is uh, children have needs. Those needs don't stop. You know, just because it's Ramadan, you know, a lot of times people get the opportunity, you know, alhamdulillah, to, especially in Muslim-majority countries, to kind of sit, to, to, to pull back 
mm-hmm. on their their social responsibilities and engagement. And when you're a primary caregiver, you know, children or even elderly parents or 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 older uh, adult or adults or that have needs have special needs, you don't get to do that. Those remain there, and any grandiose ideas that you had for Ramadan can be curtailed quickly and instantly but because you need to fulfill the, the, the needs of others. And although people may say, you know, well, there, there's barakah in it, that doesn't necessarily translate emotionally or spiritually for a person that has to deal with it. So when you mention, well, you mentioned a few different things in there. Uh, you, you mentioned mental health and how that can be uh, an, an issue that changes how Ramadan is, Ramadan is perceived. Uh, but you also mm-hmm. mentioned children, and I think I want to tackle that one first, and, and inshallah I'll kind of come back to uh, mental health because I think that really deserves a lot. Uh, well, I mean, they both deserve of attention, but the the children aspect. Now, that's something, in your opinion, um, is it more of a factor as your children are younger as opposed to when they're, you know, like 10, 11 years old or whatever? Well, uh, I, I'm sure it's different for everyone, but for me, I found it easier when they were younger. The only, when they were little, the greatest impediment was that I uh, couldn't go to Salatul Tarawih, mm-hmm. okay? And, you know, uh, I know that there are different interpretations that kind of uh, uh, have different, prioritizations when it comes to women in that mm-hmm. I choose to ignore that because as a, 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 a as a human being that wants to make a connection with my Lord I don't I don't allow anyone to utilize my gender to try to interfere with that so that was the big that was one of the biggest the biggest uh, obstacles but as they get bigger you know they become you know and we encourage them to become uh, spiritual beings as well and try to make connections with Allah and so uh, there are things that we do as parents that uh, they have needs to uh, uh, for our guidance right. and for us to do certain things. So it's just like, you know, you don't get to have that alone spiritual reflection as much. So say, for instance, you know, the horse is supposed to be a quiet time, a serene time where you eat and you get to read some, a little bit of Quran and, you know, get ready for the the the. the, the Fajr prayer and for the fast, but no, it's a zoo. When you're the person that has to has to make sure, not 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 necessarily prepare meals. Not everyone, not every, not uh, one person in every family has that that sole responsibility. But just even just kind of corralling all the grumpy, uh, uh, and different personalities together. And I, I have to repost it because Laura Allen has a great one. A great, like a great uh, list of types of people at the <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and so you have to make sure: you know, are, are you getting this one? Getting is everybody getting their water? Is everyone getting their protein? Is everyone getting this? Getting that? So you're so caught up in all of those logistics and everything like that, as uh, as the primary caregiver, that the spiritual aspect of it kind of like leaves, and it, and and it, it becomes difficult to get that back. And so uh, forget about all the other stuff that you get to do. And I don't think that people truly appreciate how that can affect your Ramadan in totality. And I would encourage anyone, any person who's a partner of a primary caregiver, mm-hmm. let's just keep it general. I'm not even going to go into gender roles or anything like that. Right. Any person who's the partner of a primary caregiver, you know, do not get caught up in the Ramadan for yourself. Mm-hmm. And kind of think about exclusively about your own spirituality. Turn back and look at your partner, and and, and how it is that taking care of the individuals in your lives that need this caring uh, affects their Ramadan. And maybe just like pick up some of the slack a little bit and give them an opportunity to to be alone and have some spiritual reflection as well. I know that 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 could be challenging. But I think that it's important. So a Ramadan of sacrifice, uh, a Ramadan of sacrifice to, and not, not that we don't sacrifice, but 
I think to your point, what you just said about not just your own spirituality, the sacrifices that we make, we really do associate them with our own increasing spirituality uh, as opposed to yeah. a sacrifice for someone else. Yeah, because we do, you know, we're, we're not doing, we're, no one's doing Ramadan in a bubble, you know, unless you're in Ithaca. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's 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 definitely a familial thing and it's a communal thing. And how what happens to an individual in those spheres can be uh can positively and negatively affect their Ramadan. It can enhance their spirituality or it can deflate it, you know, very, very easily. So I think that, you know, taking some time out to think about your partner and what they may be going through and giving them that time and that space is, is extremely important. You know, when some women want to go to Tarawih, they want to go and they want to hear that. It says it's not far for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, what's wrong with switching up? Right. <laughs> you know, and you do a couple of nights. I do a couple of nights. Or, you know, I really would like to go. Okay, I'll, I'll take the kids. Or I'll take care of mom, you know, or, uh, you know, and you can go, you know, that, that, that can go far in that person's spirituality and also in the relationship to show, you know, Hey, I got your back, you know, just not, uh, 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 I, I got your back spiritually. I know how important it is to do this. And I want you to be able to do it too, because when you don't, and I'm going to, now I'm going to get gender specific a little we, bit because I have to censor this before it, it, before you before you before you go into to that can I sidetrack you for a second just ask you to, oh, sure. if this is well not just how does it fit into but your thoughts on how this relates to uh, inclusivity and how welcoming uh, Masajid are for families hmm well, I think that uh, I think it's very individual communally. I think some communities do better than other communities do. I, I think there are some communities to, that are aware and uh, have services and facilities for uh, people with families, and some just don't. I mean, even if you're talking about children, you know, some communities you just see the children running amok. Mm-hmm. You know, and which is not helpful. Right. And in some communities, it you know they do have services that they offer, so that the adults can, so the parents can then engage in uh, uh, other forms of worship, which is great. So I think that you know, the conversations need to be had in in, in each community and see what services and and actually demand a little bit what services. Mm-hmm. I think that there's always a problem across social intersections, especially gender and ability Mm. when it comes to how welcoming and how easy it is to be, to become alienated from a community just simply by the fact that no one takes the time out to think about, Hey, you know what? Maybe the women in this area don't want to pray in a leaky closet. Maybe we should kind of make the facilities that they have available to them uh, at least on par with ours. Wow. You know. Wow. Yeah. And you know, maybe you know, we should make sure that the community that people know and understand that in this masjid, uh, people on the spectrum are welcome. And so, if there's someone that's on the spectrum and they're being loud, that that's something that you have to be accepting of. You know, right. and understand, you know, uh, I think that those conversations definitely need to be had. You know, maybe we should think about before we spend $10,000 on the door, maybe should we should make sure that there's a ramp. Or maybe we could spend mm. that money this Ramadan on an interpreter, you know, so that when we're having talks and everything like that, there's a sign language interpreter available for those who are, are hearing impaired. You see you that know, all like the they, time in the in the church, especially for like live mm-hmm. broadcasts. It's something that I don't think we even are, we take notice of. Uh, I mean, well, I shouldn't say take, take notice of, but it's not a surprise to us. We're used to seeing it. And I probably can say with some real surety, I have never seen that 
in a masjid? No. No. You, you rarely see it. I mean, when you think about masjids in the totality, there's such a broad spectrum. You have grand ones and you have little teeny tiny storefront ones. Right. But I think that, you know, when it comes to the ones that have the obvious money, stop spending money on marble and start spending money on the people that are going to be in that masjid. You know, I think that that's very, very important. And I think that American Muslims, you know, uh, uh, a lot of them get it, but their voices aren't heard, you know. So we should kind of look to those Muslims. I mean, we have organizations like Mohsen, M-U-H-S-E-N, and we also have endeavors like... Uh, uh, with Hen Meki and 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 side entrance, uh, her, her work with yeah. uh, my, with, with Muslim facilities and women, right? When it comes to that, because it is a huge problem, and I think a lot of times we focus on making things pretty on the outside when there's some real ugly stuff going on in the inside. There's alienation. There's disenfranchisement. There is just the. Uh, uh, complacency when it comes to servicing uh, Muslims across the breadth of social intersections and experiences. Mm-hmm. Now, um, thank you for allowing that detour. Uh, and and for those who are not familiar with Hind Mackey's work, that is, it's called uh, side entrance, and uh, it's 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 really really important work that she's been doing for a number of years now. Yeah. But um, please do go and ahead. Muslim you- too. Mm-hmm. And Weston, too, because I just I saw one of the things that I did saw see on my timeline yeah. were uh, mothers uh, who have children on the spectrum. They, they got they got Ramadan boxes for their kids and stuff. And they were so excited about it. So the work that Weston is doing is really special, too. Oh, that that is awesome. That's awesome. Um, so you were going to share you kind of I guess you're going to personalize it. Uh, as far as the interruption was concerned. Well, I don't know if it was the delay or the interruption, but do you recall where you were at before I, before I diverted you? Yeah, I don't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think it was... <laughs> See, that's, I don't remember anymore. That's, I do that's what know I get. that... I do know that... Um, I don't get to do the things that I used to do, uh-huh. You know, and that was one of the me. That was probably one of the things that I posted in my little tantrum. I have tantrums. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, was that the things that I used to? I was I was kind of an ennui about the things that I was able to do before I became a parent. Mm-hmm. And uh, the amount of Quran I was able to read, the amount of prayers I was able to make, and everything like that. Uh, and I just don't, I simply do not get to do them anymore. And it has adversely affected me, affected me spiritually. You know, I don't, I don't remember the same amount of Quran that I did. You know, every time I try to get back into the Quran, uh, I'm stumbling. My fluency isn't where it used to be. So that's a little frustrating as well. And I am just really bogged down in the logistics of everyone, of, of everyone else's Ramadan, Ramadan to, it doesn't feel like it's my month anymore, you know? And for years I've avoided eat, eat just because of that. Cause I'm like, I don't want to get up and dress all of these people and make sure all these people are ready. Mm-hmm. Okay. Papa bear, as much as I love him, the only focus is on himself. And so it's just kind of like, I don't want to do it. I'm staying in bed good night. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to do it. And so it's just, it definitely gets interrupted with the kids, you know, um, I have six mm-hmm. and I have some grown ones and I still made Sahor for the grown ones this morning. You want to know why? Because they won't eat if I don't. They'll knock around that kitchen, wasting their time. And all of a sudden there's an off and they'll be rushing around and they have not had a good meal and they have to go to college. They have to go to school. They have to do all the stuff that they do. And it's just like, you know what? These people are going to die. <laughs> hey, but you know what? You know what? I, I have I have to say this um, because I'm going through some some interesting changes. You know, I, my, my twins are about to graduate and getting ready for college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there comes a point where you have to just kind of let folks um, <laughs> let folks understand that there are consequences. <laughs> You know, there are real life consequences for 
for for not being uh for you know for not doing what you're supposed to do. Spoken like a dad. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's it's. I can't it's let rough my babies here. go out there like that, Tarek. I can't do. It. <laughs> <laughs> Even a big, grown, six foot something one. I can't do it. I'm like, nah, these are my babies. I gotta send them out there. Remember, mm-hmm. I, 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 I've spent all of their lives from the time that they were conceived feeding these individuals. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, and, and, and I wasn't uh, fasting the first couple of days. And it was a hot mess. You know, I just was like, oh God, let me get up and feed these people. Because nobody like, eats. No, <laughs> they don't eat right. They don't eat right. They definitely don't hydrate themselves. And it was just like this morning, you should have seen them. They were a sad lot because they were just standing there and they were like, oh, oh, she cooked. Oh, I humbly love. Can I have some, Mom, please? <laughs> <laughs> now, see- and they were happy. And they were happy. And, you know, that was satisfying. But, you know, I didn't get to do what I wanted to do, which was catch up on her aunt and make some zicker, eat a little bit, and then get ready and then wait out Fraja. No, I was in the, I was in the trenches and you know, that, that interrupts a lot of stuff that I want to do as a parent. I can't, I can't let my babies go hungry. I can't, so I can't let I'm the, go hungry. I'm the, I'm the Sahur uh, preparer okay. in, in my household. Right. So I get up and, and I take care of that. And we, and you know, we keep it really, we, we got a nice little routine, you know, smoothies and these little, they're not, yeah, yeah. So, so hold on. So, so you're a smoothie person, also. We're a smoothie family too. Okay. As a matter of fact, that's the first thing that they ask for. They look at the blender. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we got that Vitamix. Pump? We got that Vitamix, and we put it to use. Uh, and I'll tell anybody who is looking for a, if you're not up on a smoothie, uh, you can. So one of my favorite, one of my favorite go tos is the spinach, banana. A little bit of avocado, strawberries, flaxseed, a third or half a cup of oatmeal, steel cut oatmeal, steel cut oats, and uh, about three or four dates in there. Awesome. You lost me a date. (laughs) Well, you don't taste it. You really don't taste it. I mean, it just gives it sweetness. I have a muscle that does not like dates. (laughs) That's yeah. That's rough. I mean, you know, you you know, we need to check your card. I need to check. I know you gotta check my card. I can't. I, I I do not like dates. I really don't like them. I tried. I know the prop folks so like them, so you try to love what he likes. But it's just like, nah, I can't hang with him. Said, we got different taste buds. But uh, no, I mean, Papa Bear does try, but yeah. he doesn't really make what the kids like type mm-hmm. of thing. And then plus, he takes up the slack the last ten days. Because the last 10 days, like, uh, I'm not, I, I don't have the energy to get up. Yeah. I just really, really don't. And so he'll take up the slack and it'll be like, okay, yeah, I don't like this, but it's the whore. So I'm really oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It gets, it gets yeah. to a point where if, you know, like I'll try to do my preparation at night so I can get that three or four hours of sleep, get up and just grab my stuff out the refrigerator. But it yeah. does get to the point where if you miss that preparation time, you get up in the morning, you know, and you just have to grab something. You know, it's, it's been plenty of mornings, and I'm sure a lot of folks, uh, yourself as well, you know, can probably relate to this. You just grab whatever's next to you, you know, <laughs> if, it's, yeah. if it's a granola Someone bar. Someone said to put bananas by the bed. Someone said put some bananas by the bed. <laughs> bananas well, that's a good Please move. bananas by the bed. And that's I'm like, a- oh, that sounds good. That sounds like a good idea. But you don't feel like when you're preparing the whore, uh-huh. okay, all right, and maybe because during the course of my day, this is really the only time that I have, I would have to really sit back and, and have some quiet because my house is sold out because my, I, I have the spectrum, so I still got little ones. Right. And so you don't feel like that that time that you kind of missed something because you've gotten into the logistics of... Or do you find it easy to just really kind of like fall back into that spirituality? Uh, I, I don't really feel like it has much of an impact. Um, okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't really feel like it uh, gets in the way of that. Uh, and I think because for me, the most important thing is, and everybody has a different routine, but my routine is, 
um, get that suhoor, and then I actually go back to sleep. And then I'll get up uh, for Fajr, and I read after Fajr. And I don't read, okay. like, you know, I'm not a person that reads the whole 30th uh, at that point. I read a little bit, and then uh, throughout, the, throughout the remainder of the day, and, you know, we try to read as a family uh, in the morning, and then yeah. everybody goes back to sleep again for just, you know, for like 30 or 40 minutes or whatever. Um, yeah, you got to get that nap. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, you try to pick it up throughout the day. So it's kind yeah. of, for me, it feels like a, a constant reminder where it's, a, uh, it's always in the back of your head where like, okay, I need to continue reading and not just reading for the sake of completion, but, you know, I need to read because there are some things that I need to pick up in this day. Mm-hmm. And if, if I look at it that way, even though, you know, it's been plenty of Ramadans where I have gotten to that 27th day and I've had to do some power reading to catch up. Um, yeah. But looking at it like on this day there's something specific that I need to read that's for me it makes it a bit more of a uh it gives me a bit more of an impetus to yeah. you know to kind of stay on top of it yeah well see the problem is, is that when I sit any time during the day before that time as a matter of fact sometimes I get up way before Sahor mm-hmm. so that I can read so I've only got like a couple hours of sleep yeah. And it's because my day does not, is not that forgiving when it mm. comes to that. I don't have a quiet time. Yeah. Uh, because as soon as you sit down, it's like they know. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you sit down. If they're not bothering you directly, there's some kind of hubbub in the house somewhere. Oh, yeah. You have to close it. <laughs> you have mm-hmm. to go and put out tiny little fires all during the day or someone can't find something. And uh, or someone needs help with something, you know, and so it's just like it just sits there all day. It'll just sit there all day. And then by the evening, because you're in the hubbub of iftar and everything like that, which, you know, a lot of times, you know, Alhamdulillah probably will take as many kids as he possibly can Mm -hmm. uh, with him. But we can't take them all because of the experiences that they had. He can't take them all. you know, you're cooking and you're doing all of that stuff. And then when you think you're going to sit down and be quiet, he sent the little ones back because he's going to make tarawi. Right. You know, he's going to make tarawi. So he sends the little ones back. And so I got the little ones again. And so they're bouncing off the wall from fun in the masjid. And I got to wind them down. So by the time I wind them down, then the big ones come back from tarawi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's just like, good night. Don't let to let me later. ask this. Let me ask you this. So, so um, each week, Sound Vision has an, a newsletter that goes out. Mm-hmm. And recently, for Ramadan, there was one, uh, some suggestions uh, for how to make the most out of the month. And one of them was about planning. And I can attest to this, that I have actually never had a planning session with my family. And I don't remember... My parents having a planning session with me, uh, but you know, just goals and how we're going to go about doing things and all of the, all of these little things that have to be done. Uh, that when you look at the totality of them, you know, the accumulation, they can either add to or take away from the experience of the month. So, is that something that you think? Is 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 practical? Is is that something that you think is doable and would be helpful? And where would you start at if you were to say, okay, fam, let's get around, you know, circle up, and we're gonna plan. Where where would you start at? We do that every month. We do you, that oh. every Shabbat. We do that every Shabbat. Uh, oh, we sit okay. around and we plan, and uh, I plan out everything that we need and. Uh, I either do it or Papa Bear will run around for me. He hasn't been able to do it because of his illness. But uh, we plan all of that out. I map it all out and everything like that. But the problem is you're still talking about kids. And so when you're talking about kids, you have that X factor, that radical, that free radical that kind (laughs) of tears around through everything. And I I think one of the biggest things comes from me and that I'm the only person in this house, mm-hmm. okay, 
that honestly and truly is not selfish. During you care time. about everybody. And that's probably what's wrong. <laughs> and that's probably what's wrong. I need to be more selfish. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. I need to be more selfish. I know. But it's just like, that's, you know, like, that's the way I have to move around. And it's just like, kids drop stuff on you. And big kids, big problems. So they yeah. drop all of that big stuff on you. And mm-hmm. they need this and they need that. And their stuff is not lit. Like the little ones, they'll be satisfied. They need they be satisfied relatively little. They just really need their need their immediate needs met. So you need those, and that's okay. But the big ones, a lot of times their stuff takes you out the house, and takes you into meetings, and takes you somewhere where you're waiting for four hours, and take you know. And it's just like, wait a second, hold up. What are you getting your car again? Because I don't want to do this anymore. You know. And so it's just like with all the planning that you have, ultimately the. Uh, there's probably going to be one person in that family who is not is not does not uh, who has the responsibility of not uh, being myopic when it comes to Ramadan right. and solely isolating it and, and making it a, a solely about themselves. You know, even my husband who tries, you mm. know, he does he does effectively make it about himself when he wants to, and I can't do that. And maybe that's the reason why it's just like ugh. You know, make, I make don't it all feel about, about Ramadan why you to. I yeah. don't feel about it so you to. And I think that that's okay. And, you know, it's so funny because I was just uh, uh, reading this post by uh, Yusuf Jones, and he uh, is an advocate yes. for mental health. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of things like that's okay, you know, that you don't have to uh, feel all spiritual. You don't have to... Uh, do everything perfectly, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's okay, you know, and that's the thing. It's just like your Ramadan gets interrupted, and people are going through their thing, and that's wonderful for them, but it's not always that way for everyone. Mm-hmm. It just really simply is not, and I haven't felt that way for years mm. about Ramadan. You know, I just really haven't, and so it's like, how do you then make the most of the month when, you know, even as nice and encouraging as oh my slowly man may sound or yes the bridges may sound or you may sound mm-hmm. okay <laughs> you know that's that 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 that's contextual that's at that specific moment if right. the person still turns away from the computer or from the phone or turns off the podcast and there's reality right right it could be a difficult thing well I, you know what um, what we didn't get into. Uh, but I think this is all wrapped up into one big ball, uh, and that is, you know, we got single people as well, right? And especially the single folks who are transplants. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they're in different cities and they got families elsewhere, and they find community takes on a much different, uh, a completely different um, meaning for those individuals. But on and added to what you just talked about. I don't know. I th- I think that it really is something that it has to be shared. Uh, yeah. And and then the idea of it being just about the individual when, you know, the, the, our greatest blessings come for the the acts that we that we do in congregation, um, mm-hmm. you know, at least as far as, you know, Salat is concerned. Uh, but everything we do, I mean, it really is community oriented and mm-hmm. i think with ramadan listening to some of you know some of your your points that we often do become myopic you know we do become self-centered uh you know in the month even when, you know even when we're out giving out charity we're doing community service you know whatever it is we're doing uh it still is very much centered around around us and we don't necessarily i think it's a fair statement uh to to make we don't always think about those people around us, especially those people in the same house, in the same household. So, yeah, I think that's just kind of an opportunity. I mean, especially when you have older children. Uh, yeah. But mine are not, you know, they're only two years apart. So, you know, 17-year-old and 15-year-old. Uh, but at a certain point, you start to expect, like, the older ones to kind of start shepherding the, you know, the little ones uh 
at least that's how it was in my household, you know, growing up. Yeah. You know, my, you know, I got a sister, my youngest sister is eight years younger than me. And so, yeah, so I think when we approach the month, the month with this idea that we are going to make it through this month and we're going to benefit and we're, you know, so we'll do what needs to be done. I think it comes out differently. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that there's this idea of, like, uh, which is wonderful. I'm not downing it or anything like that, but there seems to be the singularity of messaging. Yeah. Which is make the most out of the month. Get all the blessings that you can. Do the, do, do, do the most. Do the most. Do the most. Do the most. Like that. Yeah. And we fail to kind of think about people who can't do the mm. most. You know, um, for a myriad of reasons. And so, and what that messaging says to them, the, 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 the overall messaging is that if you do not, and there's hadith about it, but you know, again, the interpretation of that and the, the, you know, can be very rich. And that is like, you know, get the most out of this month. If you don't, then you lost. But what does that mean? What does that mean? You know, um, is sometimes the most may be that you're fasting and you're hungry and you're thirsty and you made it through the day because that's all you can do emotionally right now. Yeah. You know, and what is that a wrong thing? It's never explored on that level. You know, it's, it's always this idea that the, that the people that uh, the scholars and the Khatibs are talking to don't, have any emotional or mental issues that they have to deal with and if they do then that's a human flaw that is uh ultimately uh uh makes them vulnerable for the sin of not feeling the spirituality you know what that that i i find that problematic on 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 a number of levels uh First of all, there is a, I don't know, I guess there is a sense of, you know, we want to be happy about it. We want to embrace it, right? And and I, and I do, right? I, I embrace it. Um, and I think a lot of us, well, I should say a lot of people that, that I, I was talking to, um, like days before uh, Ramadan, were in a state of, man, I'm really ready for it because I need it. Right. Not that it's a, you know, not that it's a one, like a, you know, an immediate cure, but there is going to be a cure that 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 can take place during this month. There's going to be some healing uh, and renewal that can take place in this month if I approach it with sincerity. Uh, and, and it's and it's. I think it's to the individual, you know, it's not just this cookie cutter, uh, cutter template of, you know, Make your prayers, get to the Tarawi, uh, and you know, and that's it. You know, it, it's and, and read your Quran. It really is. It's a lot deeper than that. It really is. It is about introspection. It definitely is about the individual. But and I say that without you know recognizing that we definitely have to be mindful of those around us. But it's not a, it's not an immediate thing, right? So just to be happy about something doesn't mean that you've achieved the objective, yeah. you know, it's, it just says, okay, I'm, I'm happy it's here. Um, and, or at least that's, that's the way I feel it, it should be, or it's, it's better positioned that way that, um, I'm ready for this month cause I know what it can do for me. And I know I'm in need of it. I know I'm flawed. Uh, and how that translates to people who are dealing with uh, mood disorders and and you know and other uh, other uh, issues or or phys you know if it's just a, a physical um, ailment, I'm not I'm not well, I'm not really certain, you know. But well, I would I hope that, that it's the long the long view and not just about the not just an immediate uh, a belief that it's going to be an immediate fix. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that one of the things that we fall short on that we need to kind of think about is that when it comes to things like uh, spiritual reflection or when, when, when 
people are out there talking about this, when you have your, your leadership talking about this, that there's a large hole, there's a large gap and and this assumption that, like you said, oh, well, to be happy about it. What if you can't be happy about it? The messaging says that because you can't be happy about it, there's something wrong with you and you're losing out on the month. So you're, 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 mm. you have a deficit going in. <clears throat> you have a deficit going in. And no one's talking about that. And no one's talking about how that, uh, what that means to your, what that can potentially mean to your connection with law. Because every bit of advice that's given is given in the form of someone with this assumption that the people that you're talking to are spiritually and emotionally whole. Right. Okay. And if they're not, it's because they've committed some sin and they feel bad about themselves. You know, mood disorder is not a sin. Having a mood disorder is not a sin, but no. it's something that you definitely struggle with. If you're having an obsessive thought, uh, it, it plaguing your mind. Okay. Uh, and, and now you're being told that if you cannot concentrate on doing these very finite and specific things, you lose your spiritual connection and you lose your opportunity in Ramadan. So you know what that's going to do? That's just going to send, send, send a lot of people into a, a further downward spiral and a disconnect from the month and from the people. And especially since uh, the, the Muslim community as a whole has shown and proven that we are incapable of having any kind of sympathy empathy or even understanding of what's going on because we're so focused on presenting this i can't wait until ramadan i'm so excited about it and all of these great <laughs> things and everything like that you know yeah. and not even thinking about you know what about the person you know what what do we do we even consider you know what that's one of the things that my husband does you know uh uh very well for the community and that is you know what uh i know that i have uh, uh, people in my community who do have mental disorders, who do have mood disorders, who are struggling with different uh, 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 chemical imbalances and things like that. And let me talk to them before Ramadan and see, you know, what it is that's going on with them and how they're feeling about it and everything like that. And so, but that's not something that happens uh, across the board. And then we blame people for being disconnected and everything like that. But do you know how emotionally traumatic it is to think that uh, these 30 days are going to go by and I'm not going to get anything out of it? Mm. Mm. You know? Well, well based, based upon the reception of the month or the expected re uh, reception of the month or not, 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 well, not having it? Just based upon expectations of what, I suppose, what I'm supposed to do and what I'm supposed to feel during the month, and that's probably not going to happen. Here's a good question. You know, here's a I think it's a good question, and that is, how many people are totally psyched about going in for a corrective surgery, or for taking <laughs> taking medicine, right? Generally, you're not going to find a lot of folks that feel like, oh, oh, great, you know, I get to uh, lay up in traction uh, for the next six months. Or I get to deal, you know, deal with a, a long and painful recovery or taste this disgusting medicine or whatever it is. But the, the, the point is, you know, we're told clearly that fasting was prescribed for you, right, prescribed for us. And, you know, you think about a prescription. It's not necessarily about your disposition and, and uh, in receiving it, whether you take it with a smile or with, or with, some, with some reticence. Uh, but to take it understanding that it is to your benefit. And mm -hmm. I think if, and, and that it's going to take some time to work. It's not going to work immediately. But with with uh, persistence, with some consistency, uh, it, will, it will work. And I think if that is the way that we see the month, regardless mm -hmm. of, of, of who we are, I think we get much more out of it. Because, you know, you... Ramadan, it does not. It, it comes, you know, when it's supposed to come, and and that can hit you in the middle of a, of a divorce. It can hit you in the middle of a, of unemployment or what, whatever type of, uh, you know, trials that we go through. And but but there's there's a healing, that that's in it. And I think if we focus on the healing, 
we focus on the benefit of it and understand that it's going to take time. And it's not just going to be one Ramadan. You know, it, it, it's, it's going to take it's going to continue to take time. Uh, but we get better and we get better. Uh, and that's not to say that mood disorders go away or, you know, whatever, you know, the, the, the issue is. But it does it does, I think, convey um, an, an idea that we are works in progress that continue to evolve to get better. And that this is one of those months that allows us to uh, to get a better hold on our on ourselves and our connection to the uh, yeah. uh, to our creator, inshallah. Well, sometimes I, I, it would be great if that if that was the uh, overarching messaging that people, that Muslims receive here mm-hmm. in the United States. But the vast majority of people on their uh, on on the on social media, in their podcasts, in, on their YouTube videos and such, do not present it that way. That's the first thing. Yeah. The second thing is that sometimes uh, Ramadan makes mood disorders worse. Hmm. How so? Uh, well, because if, like, say for instance, I'll, I'll I can only use myself as yeah. an example. All right, I have generalized anxiety disorder, and I have triggers. Uh, I have social anxiety that can be a trigger. I also have lack of sleep mm-hmm. can be a trigger, and an imbalance in my diet can be a trigger. Okay, mm-hmm. so fasting for 15 hours a day, uh, not sleeping for more than two or three hours a day, can actually trigger an episode of an anxiety episode. Okay. So now I'll notice I'll start twitching, all right, and then the obsessive thoughts kick in. Once the obsessive, an obsessive thought kicks in, forget uh, reading her on. Right. Yeah, I can't pay attention, okay? Uh, uh, and Salat is definitely an absolute struggle, let alone doing anything else. Your, your heart can't sit still. Your mind can't sit still, okay? Once that episode has kind of come on, and they don't go off easily. It probably will take a good two months after Ramadan for it to actually subside completely and totally. So sometimes it can make it worse. Mm-hmm. And so when you're dealing with things like that, and or even if you're dealing with that you can't fast because you have to take your meds, you know, and uh, when you're dealing with stuff like that, it, but everything that you're getting is saying this is what the st- this is the things that you need to do to get the most out of this month, you become at a loss because I can't do, but I can't do those things, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, well, if you can't do those things, it's okay. No, it's not okay because I feel spiritually disconnected because I have I have I have no recourse. I have no idea what it is I'm supposed to be doing, what it is I can do to get the most out of this month. And so no, there's no nor on my face. There's no light or anything like that because I'm struggling to, I'm at the point now where not, not now specifically, but when I get to that point, it's just like, I'm just going to be hungry and thirsty and just move on. And then everyone's like, Oh, Ramadan bark and all of this, you know, like uh, uh crescent moon and star. And I'm just like, you know, push on with that. I don't want to deal with that because I'm not feeling that. <laughs> I'm not feeling that. Push and on. it's just like, it's like, that's the way I feel. It's like, push out, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But let, let me ask this, Layla. Why, okay, so when you get to that point, do you think about when Allah, when Allah tells us that, um, that he does not wish hardship for us in the fast and that we have alternatives if it comes to the, I mean, because if you are causing, basically causing damage to your to yourself, right, and, and really taking away from your ability to engage the month in the way that you really want to then would it make sense in in those instances and of course this is something that i think everybody has to you know you got to make a decision for yourself on that where you say okay well i'm not able to fast in the spirit of the fast and i and i feed somebody for the day no i would not (laughs) (laughs) i know because that's the last thing that i have even that hunger and thirst, yeah. that's the last thing that I have. That's a connection to it for me, you okay. know. And you know, and people are different because there are people who can't fast 
And so they find other means and other ways. Sure. But sometimes the disorder doesn't allow you to do that. So the only thing you do have is that hunger and thirst. And I think the most traumatic part of that, that's hard enough to grapple with. Yeah. But then for the world around you, for your family and friends and community to kind of act like you're not as spiritual because that's that's where your, your month is, is at that point, that... Causes, uh, causes a lot of emotional trauma as well. So it's just like there's always this pushing, always this pushing and not understanding that, you know, sometimes you cannot do that. And then also, what is then what is there left to do? Because just like you're receiving that message as someone with a mood disorder that you're supposed to be able to do this in ABC and you're going to get higher and higher and higher, right. okay, and more and more spiritually connected, when you can't do that, you feel like, well, I'm never going to be spiritually connected. And then the world outside looks and sees that you're not doing that, well, you're not going to be spiritually connected because we don't have any other alternative for people with mood disorders and mental health disorders and things like that, and, we, and it needs to be explored. You know, we need to uh, have professionals and scholarship and professionals connect and have conversations so that when these, 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 uh, 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 noble and, 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 and pontifications about the month mm-hmm. are, are made, there are also some bare nuts and bolts stuff that are made as well. You know, what if you just had a baby, you're going through postpartum depression, what do you do? What if you do have mental disorders and you, have, you can't fast and you have to take your medications, what are some of the things that you can do? Just letting, letting people know that, listen, you know, we know that everyone is not at their emotional or mental or mm-hmm. spiritual ideal. So let's kind of focus on the fact that there are there are viable hindrances to you not reading Quran. There are viable hindrances to you not being able to go to Salatul Tarawi. There are viable hindrances for you only being able to make those five salat. If that you're lucky, if you get to do that because of these hindrances and not frame it as well because you're spiritually weak because there are physiological and psychological things and emotional things that are going on inside of your body that are preventing you from doing so but the people outside of it the spiritual leaders that you look to do not seem to recognize that at all mm. Mm. i would hope and maybe i keep you know we're all in silos to some degree even though we are more connected uh, than we've ever been, but we still remain in our silos. So, the, but the folks that that I know, I find them to be much more, uh, I think, aware and and in tune, at least or at least open to uh, the the presentation of you know of, of other of other realities, right? And the, I guess, the reality that we're that we're given more often than not is one of a, a of a normalized expression of what it means to be Muslim. How are you supposed to respond to uh, Ramadan? How are you supposed to just how are you supposed to be? But but the Quran, right? We 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 are given a uh, we're given instructions for the and I don't want to say outliers, but for those that you know that don't fit that norm, right? It says if you're ill, you're on a journey. Uh, you know, if you, if you have if you're having difficulties with regard to the fast, either you can make the days up, or right there are options. And I feel like the um, you know, and it goes directly to feeding people, right? Um, and I think the beauty of the religion is that it is it is it's common sense. I think you know, I, I think it, it's 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 rational. It's and it's not to become a burden, right? When this religion becomes a burden, any religion becomes a burden, then you got, you know, resistance and resent, resentment and all these other things. Um, but what you're bringing up, it speaks more to, like I said, we're in silos. It speaks more to this kind of an attitude of of unaware, of unawareness, and probably, I guess, a lot of judgment and... And I feel like I need to have I need to have a lot more a lot a lot more conversations uh, to see you know how folks are uh, you know in their spaces, right? Because I should hope that that's not a that's not emblematic of 
of, of, of practice and understanding, um, you know, across the board. Cause that, um, eh. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's, that's just not where we, you know, where we should be. Well, I mean, it, uh, it, it is not where we should be. And we should, we not only need that, we also need a better understanding because a lot of times people who, who are, are dealing with these issues end up alone because the Muslims around them don't want to be around them because they kill their buzz, you know? And it's just like, you know, instead of seeing it as a person that's struggling and wanting to help them with their struggle, you know, which is like, it's very much chronic speaking, you kind of find yourself alone. Well, you know, I'm feeling this spiritual high and this person is just like, nah, so I'm just going to leave this person alone in their uh, 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 emotional or, uh, or mental despair. You know, we we just not prepared for it. We're not prepared for it. Our leadership is not has not prepared for it uh, again another year. And uh, you know, the the Muslim culture in itself is not prepared for it. And we do have the the means. There are experts out there. You know, we do have Muslim psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, uh, social workers, and and things like that. And so it's just like, but there doesn't there doesn't seem to be has yet to to be any connections made so that when leadership is adhering to the flock, to their flocks, that they understand it. And their flocks are some people that have some issues and those need to be uh, uh, highlighted as well. And they, they, they just simply are not. And so then you just go through another Ramadan, ugh, interrupted. <laughs> it's, interrupted it's interrupted again. You know, and, and, and then people look at you like there's something wrong with you because you're not getting out of the month. What they think, what, what the expectations that are given, that are, out, that are laid out each and every month before the month begins, while the month is going on, and then uh, afterwards you're told what a loser, basically what, at E, on E day, you're told what a loser you are because you didn't get all of that. In the mm, subhanAllah. Yeah. No. Well, uh, that hour, because we didn't talk about a lot of stuff. No, no, we did not. <laughs> but that just means, and that's because we didn't talk last month. Um, we didn't. You know. So, so I should get two spots this month. Yeah. Because I want to talk about Muslim Writers and Publishers Association and their conference and stuff like that. Well, well let's, so let's talk stuff. next week then. Talk about Muslim Writers and Publishers Association yeah, let, 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 yeah, let's talk next week. Okay. Will that work? We can do that next week. Yeah. Because I think it's a phenomenal thing, so I can't let it pass up. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I do hope that everyone has a blessed Ramadan. And for all of our people, for all of, our, for all of my Muslims, my fellow Muslims out there struggling with mm -hmm. mood disorders and mental health issues and everything like that, you know, may Allah make your way easy for you and whatever that is. And uh, for every, anyone who's not struggling with it, but you know someone who is, you know, take the time out to check on them and make sure that they're okay, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, what it is that you can do to help them get the most that they can out of the month. And that may take some sacrifice from you as a person, but we're a community. If we're supposed to be a community and we're supposed to be ikhwa, like the Quran says, right. how is how is your brother and sister going to be sick? And you're, you're you're just putting your face in the Quran and you're ignoring that. So mm -hmm. be there for them. You know, it may be hard, but learn how to be there for them, and be there for them. It's very important, inshallah. Inshallah, yeah. I, I only laugh because, uh, <laughs> you know, it's been it's been a lot of a lot of um, ideas and points brought up that some might have heard him like man this is this is not that elevating ramadan conversation but it's a it's a real conversation um you know what for things someone that need who's to be dealing with about. it it is an elevating uh, uh ramadan conversation because at least people are talking about it and you're not sitting there like there's something wrong with you uh, uh you're not as good a muslim or you're not you, you lose your Muslimness because you have this very real thing that you're dealing with and no one wants to talk about it. Alhamdulillah. So, well, may, may Allah bless you and your family uh, and us all with a productive and a healing and a renewing 
Ramadan. So we are down to our last few seconds. So we thank you all for joining us. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. And with that, good people, we leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Thank you.